Hello, my name is Jordan and I'm your host. And I'm Insha, the co-host. And I'm really excited today because not only do we have a wonderful topic to talk about, we also have a wonderful guest to talk at, um, the topic about. So today we're joined by Crystal from Each Mine. Um, people who listen to our podcast, you may have seen her before. So welcome back, Crystal. I hope you're doing great. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for inviting me back, Jordan and Incha, and everyone else from Forever Blooming. Um, I'm Crystal. I use she, her pronouns. And in case this is the first time you've heard my voice, I'm from Each Mind, which is a youth-started nonprofit organization that is really dedicated to decreasing mental health stigma. So we are very aligned with the values of Forever Blooming. And I am super excited to be here today to um, talk talk about um, our exciting topic. Absolutely, and we're definitely excited to have you come back anytime <laughs> there is an open door. Definitely. <laughs> so today we will be talking a little bit about our view on mental health within each community. And if you guys were not aware, I'm very black, and she's very Indian, and Crystal is Southeastern Asian. And so we'll just talk about um, how our own communities view mental health. If you do want to learn more about other minorities and how they view mental health, I would definitely encourage you to do your own research and view people's stories because it's good to just be open-minded and learn all about everyone's stories. Um, Then we will later be talking about how society views each community in regards to mental health. And lastly, we'll be talking about how this relates, we'll be talking about how this affected our relationship with mental health, whether that is community issues and societal issues. So yeah. And this is Forever Blooming. Awesome. And if you guys did not listen to the last uh, two weeks episode, <laughs> we did introduce a new segment. It's called Rose Thorn Bud. But if you are not aware, our Rose Thorn Bud is basically Rose being a highlight, success, small win or something positive that happened today or within the last week. Um, or Thorn is a challenge you experience or something you can use more support with. And lastly, our bud uh, is new ideas that have blossomed or something that you're looking forward to knowing more about or experiencing. Um, So if you guys would mind, I would love to go first. (laughs) Um, Yes, go ahead. (laughs) So Crystal and Chow already know about this, but my rose is definitely the date that I went on yesterday. He was so sweet and I could ramble all all about that, but I don't want to take up too much time. Uh, My thorn would definitely just be uh, getting used to school and work and forever blooming and everything and trying to keep track of my time, track everything right, um, not be so stressed out with all the priorities that I have going on, just be more organized, which I did say last time, but I'm still figuring it out, but it's okay. Lastly, my bud would just be to hear all about Crystal's and Incha's uh, experiences and learning more about other people's um, view on mental health within each minority, which we will be doing in this episode. So how convenient. (laughs) Yeah, that was super nice. Uh, Crystal, do you mind if I go for a second? I mean, okay. So... My rose would probably be, um, yesterday I went to this sort of like a religious place. I mean, I'm not really a religious person, but that was nice. And they had this these songs playing. So this uh, it's called Kavali and it's super amazing. And I had a lot of fun there. Um, my thorn would probably be, again, getting used to school because school is so challenging and I'm literally, it's driving me crazy. But hopefully I'll get used to it for like, you know, um, it'll just give it time and my bud okay so it'll be probably just to be happy and positive because since school is so overwhelming it again drives me crazy so to be calm and contained and just be happy and positive and productive so that'll be my bud probably yeah I'm very happy that you got to go to that like religious event even though um, I know you're not religious and very happy for you, Jordan, that your date went well. Um, for me, my rose was that I am honestly like 
really excited about this mental health event that my um, my friend and I are going to be putting on for our school district soon. So mm-hmm. it's like in person, which is a big change yeah. from last year, and very excited about that and um, all the fun pictures and all the fun memories we'll make during that event. Also very excited for like the impact the event might have on our community. So big rose there, very big uh, blooming rose. <laughs> yes. Um, and then for my thorn, I have a lot to do today, which I'm very, a little bit worried about, but also like mainly more worried about like my sleep because I realized that I am like sort of like dozing off in a lot of my classes, even though mm-hmm. I try really hard to take, uh, really hard to stay awake. Same. But that's what happens when you get four hours of sleep, which is something we do not recommend at all. Um, do not do not be like Crystal in that yes. res- that respects. Um, but for my bud, I am really excited about a new friendship that I might be forming with, like um, some people in my classes. So I was like making new friends, and there's some so nice. really interesting people this year. But sorry for the long ramble there, but. Yeah, that's that's my rose story. It's totally okay. Thank you. Um, that's not me. I hope that the mental health event goes super well. We love mental health, and especially with your friendships and everything like that. And get the sleep you need. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying the same thing. Get the sleep. <laughs> you can't survive on four hours. Trust me. I do that every day, and I just literally by the end of the day, I'm like on my bed flat out. I know. Oh my god. Take care of yourselves. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, just to get it pushing, um, thank you guys for sharing your rose thorn bud. Amazing news. Also, kind of sad news with sleep and um, with school <laughs> stress. But um, moving on, today, again, we will be talking a little bit about minority, minority mental health. So, quick disclaimer I do want to say all research used in this episode is United States uh, based because it is very hard to get global statistics as much as I would love to. Um, but our first topic will definitely be about our view on mental health within each community. And we will be breaking this section up into common stigmas and to uh, different stigmas, which each community has, I guess, <laughs> if you can phrase it that way. Um, one of the common stigmas we came up with is that mental health isn't important. I have heard that so much yeah. in my own family. <laughs> Literally. Like whenever, um, I mean, I'm a person who's deeply interested in, again, mental health and psychology. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So when I tell people this, they always are like so shocked. I'm really surprised by their shock, but they're like shocked and they always question my motives. They're like, what's so interesting about it? What? Why does it interest you? I'm like, um, everybody has a mental health right and it should interest not just me but everyone because uh, mental health taking care of mental health is as important as physical well-being and you just can't rely on being physically well and just ignoring your mental health and uh, this is like this is a this is such a common stigma that just annoys me that people kind of treat it as you know unimportant because as i said everyone has a mental health and taking care of it as equally is, you know, it's important as doing other stuff like you um, do your chores and stuff like that. It's just as important as that. So, I mean, the, uh, this happens. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll share a statistic as well. 17% of black people and 23% of Native Americans live with a mental illness. And people who identify as belonging to two or more races are most likely to report any mental illnesses within the past year than any other racial, ethnic or ethnic group. So you could see um, how this stigma affects the lives of like minorities and you know people from different races or ethnic groups. Yeah. It- so- yeah um yeah exactly going on to like what insha is talking about about like minorities just like as a whole like racial minorities especially like in the united states and also like this might apply like mainly applies globally is that like the mental health of minorities just isn't that like important 
as a whole because what we've seen throughout like history is that minorities and people of like different people like non-white people basically um are often dehumanized and because we are dehumanized and used as um used as like i think like for my own race like asian um like a lot of chinese immigrants were used as pretty much free labor and that like and um like black people were literally enslaved for like um hundreds and hundreds of years and same thing with like what we see with colonization is that like because we've all been dehumanized we've all had our mental health like as minorities be sort of like cast away as unimportant yeah. you know and that's why we see yeah. those statistics like what insha is talking about right now or was talking about yeah I definitely agree with that because minorities that's why they're minorities they're in less quantity so they're like easy to you know easy to suppress easy to oppress so um their mental health throughout centuries and decades has been treated unimportant and this just leads to more and more minorities not getting the treatment they deserve and you know they want mm-hmm. so yeah absolutely um, and, mm-hmm. i do want to say that um along with that sort of belief about mental health being unimportant that it is very like internalized and then kind of stigmatized to the point where people think that mental health is basically a weakness showing your vulnerability is a weakness which obviously forever blooming is trying to combat cuz that's literally in our mission statement like go to our about section it's like embrace vulnerability but um <laughs> that being said i have heard from my mother that um many statements that are just uh talked about uh well let me rephrase that i've heard from my mother say i've heard that my mother say many many times that mental health is a weakness and showing like your vulnerability is a weakness for example she'll say things like why are you crying you don't need to cry don't show people your sadness because then they'll make fun of you or things like that or just shaming me for crying in general like wipe your face hmm? yeah i just want to say that whenever like yeah uh, i totally agree with what you said and the same with um you know in my family since india is such a is a place with such stigmatized you know uh, ideas and people and everyone but yeah so whenever mental health comes in people sort of toss that topic away and they're like okay we're not going to talk about it because first of all again the stigma attached to it it's just to a point where people don't even want to talk about it and second is that when they talk about it they treat it as if it's just like a i guess a liability on your head you just like yeah that it's there you just need to um if you are suffering from a mental illness you need to get away from it as soon as possible because for them it's embarrassing that a person from their family has depression has anxiety because they treat it again as if it's unimportant first of all and a weakness because uh if you have a mental illness then you know you're weak then you're just um you're different from everyone else and that's definitely not a case because we as human we are humans and as humans were like allowed to feel every single emotion and to treat it as a weakness is just not good on our part as such and that's definitely um a not not a great thing to do because that just makes people afraid or embarrassed just just scared to kind of reach out for help and because they're oppressed they're judged and just ruins the relationship they have with the people around them and this is what i was actually going to talk about next next that it just oppresses them um because there's a lot of stigma a lot of judgment and again giving a statistic that uh it research has shown that bipoc groups are less likely to uh, have access to mental health services they're less likely to seek out treatment more uh, likely to receive low or poor quantity of care and more likely to end services early so that's again what we're talking about minorities and how again the stigma um for them separately is a really big obstacle you know for them getting proper treatment that they deserve so um again what do you think about that guys yeah i guess i can yeah i was going to say Go ahead. No, you can go. No, Sorry. Okay. About I, that. I give me some time to like I have so much I want to say. Go, you can go ahead. 
<laughs> I was literally going to say that there's definitely a tie between uh, viewing mental health as a weakness and being unable to reach out for help because definitely, again, like my mother shaming me for crying or shaming me for feeling emotions, there definitely is that sort of strain in our relationship in regards to just mental health in general. And I've heard like other family outside of my close family talk about my depression and talk about my anxiety and think like stigmatize it to the point where I'm just seen as a very weird person or a very whitewashed yeah. person just for having a mental illness but yeah um, what, because what were you gonna say yeah, sorry oh. uh, um, go ahead I'm just like interrupting I'm so sorry I was gonna say I was gonna ask Crystal what she was gonna no, say that like what you said about the last part about like seeming whitewashed for having like a mental yeah. is it okay if i ask if that comes from like the perception that black people always need to like be strong or that your community always has to like persevere through everything i think yeah and mm-hmm. and in india basically the idea of mental health and you know um mental well-being is all really foreign to them uh, to indian people and as jordan talked about being whitewashed it's just when this topic comes into play or when it you know is being talked about it always um, people always make it seem as if it's a concept that is not a part of the indian society but a foreign culture that people are just being influenced by and so they're just like um, kind of incorporating in their lives that oh i have a mental illness so oh, i'm so cool so it's appeared um, as if it's just a thing that people talk about or just a thing that people kind of say because they want to sound cool or just because they want they're really influenced by the culture outside india and that's definitely not a case because i mean again mental health everyone has and they feel different sort of emotions and things and it's definitely not a thing to look cool about because it's not it's just not a thing like that so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, and I totally can see how, like, a lot of cool people, like, that's the same thing kind of sort of here, at least at my, like, I remember in middle school a lot, and also still in, like, high school, like, if you have, like, something going on personally, and, like, you share it with maybe, like, too, like, quote-unquote too many people, like, when that gets around, like, people will, like, talk about you in a really weird way, and when you're a minority, and that's why I was asking you that, Jordan, because although I definitely feel like the black community, like, gets a huge, like, um, like, the forefront of that, like, stereotype of minorities needing to be strong, I think there's, like, a little, like, um, underlying assumption of a lot of, like, white communities that, we as minorities champion ourselves so much and being like really strong and we are strong right but there's a difference between minorities like us like all of us being like so resilient in how we've overcome our hurdles and still having like our own issues like just because we are very cool and that we are like so um like resilient and courageous as a community to thrive despite like white supremacy doesn't mean that white supremacy has stopped affecting us right like i don't know where that logic is coming from where people just expect like people will like see a minority like celebrating their own um like having pride in their own race or like celebrating their own accomplishments and then turn around and think oh wait like that person has like diagnosed depression that is a perfect opportunity for me to stigmatize that like i don't know I don't know where that comes from, right? And it's just, yeah, yeah, it's so much. Yeah, minorities have their own problems going on and to add on top of it, if they have mental illnesses, then people likely are going to stigmatize it because they think, oh, this, there's, it's a minority. I mean, they're easily, we can easily suppress them and we can easily uh, stigmatize uh, their mental illnesses and, you know, make it appear as if it's something just a bad thing to have something like that definitely I agree with whatever you talked mm-hmm. about and um, also as you mentioned that um, people do it to look cool and everything um, so on social media I've seen people um, make jokes make yeah making jokes about having depression or anxiety so I feel like that's extremely offensive for not just like people in general who have anxiety or depression they treat it as if it's something um, I mean like we talked about minority mental health basically and they seem to be really ignorant towards the minority mental health by you know doing stuff Mm -hmm. like that so I definitely think it's not a good thing to just um, you know I mean of course you may have mental health problems but it's not just 
cool to rant out about them all the time and just making jokes about it even though that may be for your own satisfaction but that sometimes can come off as offensive and that definitely is ignorant towards the minority mm-hmm. um i feel like because they somehow incorporate the idea of minority being unimportant minorities mental health being unimportant in their jokes yeah exactly and that like idea that you're talking about in show of like like those jokes that are like insensitively made and those like comments that are like in all of that judgment really just leads to what jordan was talking about earlier that like we as minorities yeah. are sometimes unable to reach out for help because and it's so like valid for us to feel that way because i think like in a lot of especially when it was like in my mind when i was younger it was like because i was judged like um by this person like i was you know perceived to be like the model minority and we'll talk about this later i know but like i was perceived to be like yeah. the like all strong asian like minority girl who's like mm-hmm. able to get through this and because someone treated me like this in the past it's like in my thought process and the thought process of a lot uh, of a lot of other um asian teens is like and minority teens is like what if like my parents react this way or what if like an adult reacts this way yeah. when right. the time comes for me to like actually ask to see a therapist what if my therapist reacts this way if i tell them about this it's like this sort of like trauma that when it happens once that it could happen again absolutely yeah. and i do want to just wrap up these little comments uh stigma section because this conversation is very very important but there is a really powerful quote that i found on the internet um it's It does talk a little bit about African American community, but this definitely can be applied to a lot of minority communities in general. So the quote is by Victor Armstrong, a member of the National Council for Behavioral Health uh, Board of Director Board of Directors. That was a mouthful. And he said, for many in the African American community, our story is one of perseverance and resilience after all we survived slavery surely we can survive sadness or anxiety in this mindset anything less would be considered a spiritual or moral weakness the problem in part is that we often fail to recognize that mental illness is much more than feeling melancholy or anxious it is not a sign of weakness and does not discriminate based on skin color and wow, can amazing. we put like just i know this is in the podcast but that needs to be like on both of our organizations instagram somewhere like that is such a powerful quote <laughs> that is quote. amazing absolutely it is we love victor armstrong you just spoke yes. volumes <laughs> so no, moving on a little bit of that guy <laughs> so, moving on a little bit to different stigmas because it's definitely important to touch every area we can get within this small episode. Um we can talk a little bit about colonialism and queerness and how that ties in to minority mental health which Crystal you can take this away cuz I know you got a big brain up there that would love to explain this. Like <laughs> oh for people who didn't Yeah, for like for everyone, I just put my hand over my mouth when Jordan said that because I was like, "Oh, but yes, I constantly am ranting about colonialism and queerness, but to anyone just as like a very quick crash course, um to how colonialism affects like queerness and especially like the queerness of a lot of racial minorities is that um around like the 1800s and also 1900s when um a lot of european countries started colonial uh, colonizing african um south american and asian like south asian east asian all of asia when like colonization started happening um a lot of these european countries specifically like britain started imposing policies that criminalized queer, uh, any sort of like homosexual behavior like gay sex um and what that did was that had a huge effect on existing queer populations in those countries and i want to emphasize like the word existing because the idea that queer people have not and also i'm queer by the way for anyone who's listening to this i i am <laughs> speaking i am not speaking on behalf of the queer community i am um part of the queer community but that being said we love we love it. to see it that's so true <laughs> but that being said <laughs> that yes. being said um i want to emphasize the word existing because we as queer people and queer people of color have existed 
throughout history like the notion that queer people like never existed in that like you know the idea of people being trans or non-binary is like a 21st century um ideal is not true like you can read academic academ academia and you can um like you know do your own research and find out that queerness in like different cultures especially in like south asian cu cultures and also southeast asian cultures yeah. has always been there and the reason why it was like um the reason why you might see like a lot more modern day asian people be homophobic is as a result of british imperialism like it is not a result of um it is not as much of a result of like, for example, um, Southeast Asian people being like deliberately homophobic. It's because they were imposed a system that was like unfair to them. And that system ended mm -hmm. up like criminalizing people's identities to the point where it just wasn't safe to be queer anymore. And that's very understandable how it affected like the mindsets of now modern like Indian people or Southeast Asian people. If So I hope that makes sense yeah. that like um, those like that that like queerness and colonialism and like racial minorities is very intertwined in like our history and how like we are how we perceive like the mental health of like queer um people of color as well that's like very also affected by colonialism yeah it's so ironic that british people in you know um the previous century they talked about modernizing when they came to india basically to kind of trade and then they took over the you know working system of india and everything they talked about modernizing india and making it like a appropriate an appropriate place to live where um, because at that time they thought at least that india was um, england was um, higher at a higher level than india and um, they talked about it's really ironic that they talked about modernizing but they um, you know made it illegal to be sort of um, to be a queer person and it's just uh, it's a really an, uh, it's a really ironic thing it makes me um, laugh but I'm not really laughing mm -hmm. yeah and that really just impacted the idea of queerness just in India basically because now it's again treated as like if you call someone queer it's an insult and I don't think why because well it has been in our country for centuries but during British time it kind of depleted because of their idea of what queerness should be viewed as but I feel like um, now it's definitely starting to grow a little more because, you know, more people are coming up and telling their stories and it's really important that people do so because that just helps to sort of raise awareness about this idea because throughout centuries it has been depleted and completely demolished into something that is equivalent to an insult and that is just not right on like on the part of our, um, we, I mean, I'm a straight person on our part as well and just and it's not um just to the queer people as well yeah mm -hmm. that's what i feel and we um, love a straight ally <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah it's it's a lot yeah. and i like hope that we can like emphasize to our audience that queerness is like always going to be tied to mental health which is why we're talking about like the mental health of queer people of color and how like their identities it's just so much harder sometimes to like um at, at least for me it was like really hard to sort of like come to terms with my own queerness because of like those ideals that um those like european ideals that were sort of ingrained into my parents and my grandparents and like the generations before then right and it's like we are directly impacted by that no matter what people might say about like how far um in history was like it wasn't even far in history like if you if any historian knows that anything right. that was like uh like a hundred or two hundred years ago still has like huge implications on different countries and different cultures today so yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah. Um, that was definitely like, a good hum yeah Ew, you can go oh, go on sorry i'm just like interrupting everyone today it's like so, i'm so sorry <laughs> it's okay <laughs> i was just gonna say it's definitely definitely important to talk touch on that i really appreciate you giving a history lessons for all of us because yeah, even though i do know did. colonial uh, absolutely colonialism has affected too much of how we live today so it's definitely important to talk about yeah so now I'm like, uh, we're kind of moving into the academic part of, you know, uh, mental health and how it affects minorities as such. 
So basically, I'm an Indian person, and I can only speak for myself, not for like the other communities, other countries. So I'll just be um, talking what I've experienced so far. So um, um, I've, I've realized that Indian people, like Southeast, uh, Southeast Asian, and East Asian people, they're doing academically well, and because they've been doing that well from decades, it's been just in. It's a common notion attached. It, uh, it's a common stigma, or just like a common thing. Uh, attached to all Asian people as such that they have to do academically well and if they don't they're a failure as a person and I've experienced that I've been told uh, that I'm a failure as a person by my teachers and oh that God. absolutely yeah oh, devastated me I was in I was in fourth grade actually by the way what? Um, yeah and oh uh, she told yeah I just moved to like a big city from like a small place and I wasn't really exposed much to how the, they worked and how they you know handled everything in school so I was really overwhelmed but then she told me this so that absolutely broke me and I didn't do that good that year but yeah mm-hmm. so academic pressure is intense in India to a point where um, you know suicide rates are just increasing every day by like I don't know um, huge numbers I don't really have the statistics I'm sorry but yeah because they have been told and uh, and this just puts them in a state of mind where they don't have like an escape you know they just are trapped in this labyrinth that they can't escape out of they're just mm-hmm. um, they're going all over the cycle again and again they are you know academically challenge then they talk to their parents about it the parents say that it's not important to focus on your studies because you're going to get nowhere without it and then they just become depressed again and they don't have an escape out of it so that's why suicide rates are just escalating you know um, by millions and millions every single day and it's just so uh, heartbreaking that how um, students who want to reach out to their help they do that but then you know their parents who are obviously they obviously have an orthodox mindset. They don't give mental health much importance. They just treat it as if it's just like, again, you know, a weakness or something just mm-hmm. um, influenced by the uh, the American or the European culture. And they're just saying this. They, they just, you know, kind of um, toss it away. And the person, of course, they can't, I mean, they approach their parents, they approach their teachers. What can they do? Now, now they're just depressed, right? So that's mm-hmm. a big thing in India, basically, and also to kind of uh, when you grow up, you're either forced to take up science because in India there's subjects um, we have to choose in 11th grade, which is soft, uh, which is junior year, and they always um, tell the people to take science or commerce, which is which are basically two main subjects, you know, which can get you good jobs and not humanities, and. So uh, after all, um, because they think that every child in India has to either be a doctor, engineer, um, a, sur- a surgeon, whatever, a lawyer, no, um, they're not allowed to take up creative um, jobs or creative professions because again, this one won't get them enough pay, this won't get them enough uh, respect in society. Um, talking about me personally, I'm a really creative person and I really like to you know, do things that other people don't and explore new interests. But the idea that you just have to, uh, you're just limited to a certain possibilities in certain professions just makes me really, um, I don't know, sad because I can't explore anything out of the, my in, out of the general, um, I, I guess, public's interest without being judged to a point where I'm forced to give up what my interests are. So that's kind of, this is how intense it is, stigma attached to um, academics as well. You're not supposed to do anything that is just um, you know out of the box because that won't get you enough pure enough respect and from teachers and parents and whatever people in the general society and um, it's it's been observed that teachers display results to the whole school um, as a way to encourage hard work through shaming those who get worse scores um, but this method also builds anxiety and pressure and low self-esteem, leading students to doubt their abilities. And again, this has happened with me because the teacher literally, I scored, I guess, um, 5 on 10. And she uh, <laughs> she just, uh, you know, grabbed my test paper from my desk and showed it to the whole class. And she, she said that I'm a failure as a person. And I felt so, I literally cried the whole day. But 
um then i yeah then the next year i came up to her with like 100 and 100 score but that's a different thing i'm not here to brag but <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that is just uh, terrible and i definitely feel it needs to improve because that just you know puts me in a lot of pressure and just every other student in india they're just depressed and anxious it's horrible absolutely um yeah i don't need i don't really know much about east asian culture crystal would you make me make me familiar with that because i really don't know about it and would love to hear something from you yeah um i shoot sorry i was muted um yeah so i yeah. i think you said like wanting to know about like east asian and southeast asian culture and to be honest like um it's like very similar honestly to a lot of the academic pressures that a lot of indian um families have on their children and just a lot of like indian students have with like a few small like differences i'd say like a lot of even though like a lot of the academic rigor and like the emphasis on education is the same i think like there are definitely um a few less stereotypes when it comes to east asian people because a lot of like east asian people are now more like commonly seen in places of like big tech and like just technology and like big businesses in general um i think in like the coming years like there has been less of a stereotype of of course there's like a still a huge stereotype of like um east asian people being like going into the medical field and becoming doctors and stuff but because of like more positive portrayal i guess of I actually I don't I don't know if it's positive or not there's a few downsides to it but that's a whole another topic but there has been more like rep- uh, representation of like um East Asian people taking up different tor- sorts of like um different sorts of career choices and I think that is good for the community however like because it's good that unlike um Indian cultures like there's not as much of a pressure that Insha talks about to go towards like one specific career and that's like like i i don't even know how to emphasize how important that is for like people's uh, students like teens mental health like especially like when you when i've like especially like at each mine we have a lot of like other international um writers and people that i personally work with like it's very easy to see the huge um discrepancies between like people's different i guess like focus on academics and how much it like consumes their lives which makes me very conscious of like how their um how their schedules are working and stuff like that. And I I I guess what I'm trying to say is that I kind of directly see and know about like the harms that Incho was previously talking about mm-hmm. and I'm very thankful that. I think in coming in like recent years there's been a little bit less of that stereotype for East Asian people. We have our other problems too. We're mm-hmm. still Asian, we're still yeah, yeah. Advanced we're dealing with <laughs> yeah. um, this is such a dark joke but we're dealing with hate crimes from a certain administration now oh. but oh. anyways um i but i definitely get like there's still a sense of academic pressure and more than anything i think i don't know if insha like this was something that you related to but after a while like you're like for me at least after a while my parents kind of like they didn't directly let go it was more of like they knew that i kind of like internalized the pressure that they gave me and in because of that it's mm-hmm. like i give more pressure on myself now and i don't know in show if you like or even jordan if you like this is something that has happened to you with like academic pressure from like your specific racial community yeah i mean for me my parents basically now they have like this new thing that they're you know pressing me about So I mean they're not really pressuring me to be a doctor and you know they can they're like do whatever you want but first graduate from a good college and I can't stress this enough how much this like literally yeah it's literally driving me crazy I'm saying that's literally going to become my catchphrase from now on because I'm saying that so much but um they they focus so much on college like Harvard Harvard Oxford Ivy League colleges and I'm like okay I'm just like I'm I'm a freshman give me a break I'm not like I'm not in my uh, junior year. I'm not in my you know senior year, um, but academic pressure is intense. I mean, whenever I'm just like sitting idly doing my work, they come up to me and ask like, "What's going on about studies? Why aren't you studying?" And I'm always like, "I can't always study. It's, it's too pressurizing." But they've calmed down a bit since I've explained it to them that how much how challenging school can be. But still, it's a lot of pressure at home, and I definitely think it should get less because I'll go. Yeah, I'll go mad if it doesn't because it just is is it is what it is. But I have to deal with it. I oh. totally understand that. I understand. Well, obviously, 
well, I wouldn't say obviously. Um, me personally, there hasn't been a lot of academic pressure, but I don't think that's really a uh, concern within the black community because there is a lot of um, black people dropping out because of societal issues, which is a whole nother topic. But um, I definitely understand how that can put a lot of pressure on your kid and how that can make your kid feel very depressed or anxious and as you said internalize that sort of pressure and put a lot more pressure on yourself um, which is awful in general and especially for those who are just academically challenged who have learning disabilities that they can't help then they're even more stigmatized like why are you putting this much pressure on you uh, somebody who yeah. isn't able to have those sort of um, capabilities as everybody else um, so yeah it's awful and I understand where you're coming from when you talk about that um, I do want to say uh, that was a great discussion. <laughs> I wanted to touch a little bit on, uh, lastly, about another different stigma within my own black community. Um, there is a lot of mental health issues related to black men in general. Uh, there's a lot of standards for black men to be like super tough and to be um, basically embody the definition of toxic masculinity, which uh, obviously, as we touched on a little bit before, uh, stemmed from a lot of slavery and especially with black men being like uh, leaders within their own slave population. Like, uh, I can't say that I'm a history nerd, but I believe there was a lot of like status issues with um, black people like taking care of their own slaves-ish, but I'm not going to go into that because I'm not a history nerd, I don't want to get anything incorrect, but um, there was this beautiful uh, quote from this article that I read that says, many men have not been told how to process and talk about their emotional experiences, furthering a sense of isolation, anger, and resentment sometimes manifest in seeming shut down in relationships and friendships, and that can manifest in outward expression of anger and um, aggression and even violence. Can and I just say that I absolutely love your quotes? Like, where do you get them? Like, they should be on like a website or a t-shirt. Get them. Like, I love your quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I yeah. I almost um, teared up reading that because I Aww. definitely see a lot of that sort of model within the own black men that I've um, seen in my own uh, personal circle, and it's awful because that literally teaches that literally stems from the stigmatization of mental health and especially how black men are supposed to be tough, so mental health isn't important and mental health is weakness and everything that we talked about wrapped up in a whole little bun and it creates many men who don't know how to deal with their emotions and who don't feel comfortable showing that side of themselves because they have to be tough all the time and I did not say this disclaimer before but I am not a man so I cannot speak for black men's experiences so I definitely want you to go research about that and learn for yourself but it's definitely something that should be talked more about. And yeah, media makes it kind of worse because again, there's a stigma as you just talked about, right? That, you know, black men have to be tough. I mean, I'm not black, but I can definitely see what's happening around the world. Media mm -hmm. makes it so, uh, yeah, media makes it worse by again, portraying black people in their movies and their songs a certain way that, you know, the rest of the, uh, basically to talk about the white population, they treat I mean, of course, media plays such a huge role in today's life that, of course, people will get get impacted by them, right? Especially um, white people, if we talk, talk about in this case specifically, they get influenced by what's been told in a certain movie, in a certain show, in a certain song, and then they sort of apply that stigma in, the, in reality and that just makes it worse for the people around them because, of course, that stigma is not real. It's just in a movie because it's a stigma. So... I'm definitely, I think, um, movies should kind of touch upon this idea that this shouldn't be the case. Stigmas, um, you know, are stigmas, but they should be sort of, kind of, we need to escape out of those stigmas because that just makes life difficult for everyone. The stigmas attached to um, the people who are attached. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was literally <laughs> out of breath. It's okay. The stigma, I mean, people who the stigmas are attached to and people who are talking about stigmas and, you know, other stuff. So it just makes life difficult for both of these people. And 
again it needs to improve because i mean not everyone can be tough always and we need to realize that cuz um i mean even though you might be the toughest and the most strongest and invincible person on the planet but maybe you you would definitely cry someday you would feel sad someday and it's okay because these are all human emotions and we need to feel them you can't just suppress your emotions because you want to appear tough because that would make you appear weaker if you i mean mm-hmm. it's it's important to talk about your feelings um openly and um uh, express them fully that's what makes you a stronger person instead of suppressing them because that just shows that you're afraid to sort of um be embarrassed because there's nothing to be embarrassed about it's just your emotions and they need to be they need to be you know oh my god they need to you need to set them free and you need to express them openly without any fear of judgment even though there might be some but just don't care about it express them because um being strong every time is just not the option and mm-hmm. feeling sad feeling um down or low is definitely okay absolutely uh, yeah um, um go ahead <laughs> i was going to say i have a problem <laughs> no it's okay i was going to say if you do got if you do want to learn more about that there's a few uh books talking about black men and mental health there um there's one called we real cool black men and masculinity and masculinity I don't know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> Understanding and healing the malice of American manhood. So definitely would recommend those. Um, just to move on a bit, we will then be touching on how society views each community in regards to mental health because there's definitely a lot there as well. Yeah. And I will um, pass this off to Crystal. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted first yeah. to talk about like how a lot of the stereotypes of like the model minority myth affects the uh, mental health of like specifically Asian communities. So just in case like you haven't heard about the um the model minority myth before in the past, the model minority myth basically is this idea that like Asian people are like the quote-unquote best minority or like the best race and number 1 That obviously doesn't exist but number two it has like the huge effect of hurting like a lot of asian communities along with like hurting um, non-asian communities and this is because like by giving that like pressure to be like quote unquote the perfect minority or like the good minority big quotation marks um that like creates this effect that asian people need to be perfect and that pressure that we need to be perfect like with what incha was just talking about about how um like her community with like the indian community has like a huge pressure to be like perfect to be like the perfect minority to excel in school to get a good job to um like move up the social like um up the social mobility ladder like everything to be perfect and with my um like with i'm like I'm Indonesian and Chinese and also Taiwanese but um with my community it's like sort of the same thing right like um being like the best uh, good in or- like piano good in orchestra good at a few sports good like leader like everything needs to be up there and what that does to other communities it is it like it makes this like sort of um comparison effect that a lot of white people and a lot of non-asian people and even asian people start pitting asian people versus non-asian people and putting asian people on a pedestal compared to and that means putting asian people on a pedestal turns into putting everyone else like underneath and um that creates yeah. a lot of like clashes and conflicts between races and you'll see that that was happening a lot when like the stop AAPI hate movement was going like a lot of asian communities have huge anti-black um stereotypes that they've created due to like white supremacy perpetrating this idea that they are like the better race and these like a lot of these asian people i know like these people in my life and i know that they're like hugely misguided and hugely like victims of this like myth and that turns like our whole sort of like communities against each other and it's just it's just terrible in a lot of ways yeah they always generalize the asian people on one side so for you know basically people it's always asian people on one side and the rest of the population on the other just as you said so uh, on one side there are asian people you know 
are supposedly perfect human beings on planet and you know good at academics and good at everything and others just treat them as if they are so i mean if an uh, if an asian for example they score less in their exams or if they are not doing that well academically or just um, you know prospering in their life they're like people kind of look down upon them like oh you're asian why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that so that just kind of puts pressure on them to appear perfect all the time because they're afraid um first of all what might their families kind of tell them you know because you uh, so for families basically it's like uh, i've seen in shows i've seen around that you're indian why aren't you scoring full in mathematics right um why aren't you scoring full marks in your exams why aren't you acting like this weird nerdy kid uh, i've seen that in shows um so that just again puts portrays as if indians or i mean just asian people as such have to be perfect all the time otherwise just that won't be it you won't be classified as an asian person you won't be um a good ideal asian person if you're not um um living up to these expectations that people have for you that just yeah and it just hurts the community and the people and you know makes them feel down and inferior and yeah again affects their health because this is also a really important issue when it comes to minority mental health because uh, specifically asian mental health if we talk about because there's a lot of thing factors that influence you know their idea of not opening up about their mental health and it's definitely one of the biggest ones and that we could see because it happens all the time that people asian people specifically they don't speak up because all these factors taken into consideration absolutely um I, <clears throat> i do want to also add to that a little bit um when the stop a uh, a a API is that how you say it? I'm sorry. A API. Okay. <laughs> okay. When that movement was going on, um I didn't want to say it incorrectly. When that movement was going on, there was a lot of clash between the black community and the Asian community specifically. I know that I I literally saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> my mother was very like um well they didn't support us beforehand, so you're not we're not going to support them. So Yeah. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of jealousy. Yeah, I hated Ugh. I hated that like, so much. Yeah, I hated it. It's kind of like thing. how I saw anti-black racism within the Asian community and you were seeing anti-Asian racism mm-hmm. within like the black community right. because of stupid white supremacy books are gone. <laughs> and we hate white supremacy separating us because we need to be strong together. <laughs> uh a few things um in regards to the black community and how society yeah. views um mm-hmm. our mental health. It does go back to a little bit about masculinity and the topic of um being resilient and things like that and especially with the thug/drug dealer stereotype. Um there's definitely the stereotype that exists that uh, all black people are strong and that all black people are um resilient That's and they don't feel as much as any other person. Well, I should say any other white person specifically because you know minority mental health is very not talked about but um there's also just this yeah. the darker the skin color the tougher you are which also stems back to the paper bag test which occurred in the 1900s to 1950s where the test allegedly used a de- uh was used to determine certain pri- privileges by comparing a person's skin tone to a paper bag um which basically absolutely it was absolutely it was awful, awful because how it's literally a paper bag do you not do you not know the range black people have as far as skin color goes cuz we cannot fit that <laughs> uh yeah so as far as just like always overmasculizing us and always um trying to appeal to uh white people and having a lighter skin tone which can be internalized um uh internalized and also just uh make people with darker skin tones feel awful make people with lighter skin tones yeah. feel like they have certain privileges well there is light skin privilege yeah. but um overall it just hurts everyone in the process um especially when they're dehumanizing us and making us seem like uh again just overly masculine and 
like we're animals and comparing us to literal monkeys, which happened so much during slavery and still happens today, that it's just built a lack of empathy and mm -hmm. it all just stems from slavery. And why? <laughs> why are these issues still occurring today is all I'm asking. This is like a related thing. Um, we, Crystal basically talked about, you know, talked about her, like Asian mental health and, you know, you talked about black people mental health. I mean, Indians are a part of Asian, but they're kind of a different thing going on with Indians as such. So, um, well, I'll, you know, talk a bit more about the Indian idea. So, basically in India, uh, outside uh, India, when people are living, Indians basically, so they're viewed as inferior. As we talked about before, um, you know, Asians are supposed to be those perfect, you know, quotations, uh, quotation perfect individual, uh, individuals who like excel in everything. And but even if they excel in everything, they are they are those nerdy, weird mm -hmm. kids with like a thick accent who can't just you know seem to get it. Like just they are really um, socially like they're wallflowers basically. If I you know in a nutshell. Indians, um, how American think of Indians, they're just like mm -hmm. a wallflower, you know, nothing else but a wallflower. And um, in India, in, uh, outside India, it's like Indians have this one option, like two options basically, all or nothing. So uh, either they excel or flourish, just like, you know, they're extreme, doing extremely well. They're, you know, getting a good pay and, you know, their families, taking care of their families, getting a good car, good house. Or they're just sitting there um, trying to explore their creative pursuits and, you know, they're struggling and they're poor. So th these are just two basic things um, how Indians are viewed as they're either black or white. In Indian society as well, it's either black or white. It's either um, you choose to do what everyone else is doing and you kind of, you know, get a good pay or just live a normal life. Or you choose to do something else, like thing other than normal, and then you, you know, you struggle or you become poor. And even if people who are famous, they're doing extremely well, uh, people might, you know, view them as like they alienate famous people for some reason in India. If a person is famous, they're talking about them being famous because they obviously explore the creative part of you know your profession that you, you can probably take up. So. Um, the celebrities are always alienated they're treated as if they're like okay there's some different people from different planets they're always uh, treated you know differently because they chose to do something else other than put normal every pub um, excuse me um, what every other person does in India right so it's just a terrible thing uh, outside as well in uh, if, uh, if an Indian person isn't doing well outside mm -hmm. India they've been they're like made fun of because they're like oh you're an Indian people why why aren't you like doing well in school why aren't you getting awards getting recognition and this is just again media influence a lot of things and most time in american films uh, they have indian characters that are poor which oftentimes portray them as inferior it enforces the idea that all indians are poor other times, movies have a white savior character who helps them overcome poverty or an important issue that is degrading and rooted in white supremacy. So, I mean, we just talked about white supremacy, right? So that affects Indians equally mm -hmm. as it does to every other community or minority living in America. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, Indians to just classify a certain, you know, um, I guess a nationality as poor, like that's not correct because there are again lots of people lots of culture lots of different uh, financial backgrounds and statuses and just to classify mm -hmm. all of them as poor and uncultured is just as bad as it can get and uh, again just to speak for myself i don't think any indian needs a, <laughs> a white person to come and save them yeah. because i think like every other minority, we are capable enough to do stuff on our own and we don't need other people to tell us that we're not capable or we're not enough or we can't do this stuff. Because like every other, like we're also like every other person, we're also like white people. Um, we're also people, mm -hmm. we also have the same thing as them, we also live the same as them. 
and we can do stuff on our own <laughs> without their help we can save we can be our own saviors we don't need white people to come and tell us that you know you can't do this on your own and we're going to do it for you so this is something that is deeply rooted and i think american culture uh, especially people uh, indians who are living in america they kind of face this a lot that they're treated as inferior in schools there you know a lot of bullying culture that i felt um i attended a conference and they were like treating me so differently and i was like okay uh, i'm i'm a i'm a dip out of that place because that wasn't just that wasn't it so that's what i've actually experienced mm-hmm. with white people um that they sort of treat indians a bit differently um i'm sorry i'm just like generalizing that's not a good thing to do but for me basically what i've experienced so far with a couple of things that's just not the case i totally understand where you're coming from um, thank you for sharing that yeah Yeah and also sometimes you know when I'm talking to people from different countries and that just makes me feel like even even if it's just um subconsciously it just makes me feel like a little bit of little bit awkward a little bit weird to just talk to them because I mean I'm always um concerned about what they might think because of the stigmas attached to Indian people mm-hmm. you know living outside India so it just makes me a bit weird and awkward to talk to them but i'm fine i'm doing better because i'm talking to people from different countries like you guys you guys are amazing so that just makes me feel better and amazing thank you guys <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad that you're feeling better <laughs> um yeah. all right thank you so much and for sharing that story i definitely agree with the white supremacy it's sort of white savior aspect because i've definitely had that experience in my lifetime please learn your place i don't need you <laughs> no i'm kidding i'm kidding um, i didn't mean to. please that was a joke for anybody who just got offended i'm sorry but um uh we did touch a bit a little bit about our own stories previously in this episode so all i want to say is your story matters and please share your stories with those that are uneducated um we do want to wrap up this episode Uh we have our a website. If you mm-hmm. don't know our website is bloompod.wixsite.com/podcast and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook all at Forever Bloom Pod plus on TikTok at Forever Blooming Podcast. The research and transcript for this episode is on Forever Blooming's website in the extra section and our podcast guest form is in our episode fe- section. If you want to be on Forever Blooming as well as Crystal here, thank you so much for coming finally. I love that we had this conversation with you. Um, thank you for having me. Of course. Um <laughs> So, um also our audience spotlight form is in our episode section where you can ask for advice to be featured in one of our episodes. That is sort of new. I think I announced this last time. But <laughs> our email is management@foreverbloompod.org. Let us know your thoughts, questions and how we can improve the podcast because we love hearing from you and be sure to check out our link tree in the description for all those quick and accessible links. Make sure to like, comment and subscribe and share with your friends if you Enjoy this episode and have a great day, afternoon or night whenever you're listening to this. Thanks for tuning in.